Hi, everybody. This is Aaron Scully, the host of Conversations, the official podcast of UCM Theater and Dance. And we want to invite you to come see our next show, Unnecessary Farce, November 13th through November 17th at 7.30 p.m. in the Highlander Theater on the UCM campus. You can get your tickets at our box office, or you can call 660-543-8811, or you can just go online at www.ucmo.edu slash theater tickets. We hope to see you at the show. It's going to be a fun one. Welcome to episode four of UCM Theater and Dance's official podcast, Conversations. This is our second episode about the upcoming production of Unnecessary Farce, our production that runs from February 13th through February 17th at 7.30 p.m. in the Highlander Theater on the UCM campus. Today we are lucky to have with us three student designers that are working on Unnecessary Farce, um, and I'd like to let them introduce themselves. Go around from here. Uh, my name is Cody Nelson. I'm the lighting designer for the show. I'm Kenlyn Shellsworth. I'm the costume designer. And I'm Seth Holt. I'm the sound designer. Great. Uh, the director is? John Wilson. Okay. And we talked to him on the last show. What drew you to want to participate or work on or have a hand in the creation of Unnecessary Farce? Go ahead and start with you, Cody. Uh, the fact that it's a farce, um, and we have not done many of those here at UCM, so it was uh, very exciting to hear that that was in the uh, upcoming season and hopefully uh, from the very beginning one to have a hand in, in some sort of aspect of the show, um, just to have that experience of a different type of show than what we've been doing before. Cool. Cool. Uh, how about you, Kenlin? Um, especially with farces, costumes can play such an important role. Um, what people wear often are how you perceive them and how you react to the funny things that they're doing. So that was really exciting for me. And I haven't done a straight play design at UCM yet. I did Footloose last year. Um, so it was really exciting to have the opportunity to do this straight play. Great. And Seth, Seth, what year are you? I'm a freshman. So this is your first semester at UCM. Mm-hmm. And your uh, your major is BFA in design and technology. Great, and you're already sound designing. Mm-hmm. That, that's really cool. Jumping right in, we appreciate that. Um, so, as a sound designer, uh, f- as the opportunity to, to sound design for unnecessary farce came up, um, why did you decide it was something that you thought you wanted to do? I just wanted to dive in since it, since I am a freshman and to get that experience early on so I can design bigger shows and actually just, just get it under my belt and to get all the worries out of the way. Yeah. Is sound design your thing? Is, uh, that, is that what you want to do or you want to – go ahead. It, it would either be sound or lights. Sound or lights but, or both? Or uh, Yeah, both. Yeah. I also can do carpentry work and I enjoy yeah. it, but not as much as sound and lights. Okay, cool. Um, and Kenlin, what year are you? I am a junior. A junior? Mm-hmm. Um, and you are BFA Tech? Yes. I'm with an emphasis in costumes? Yep. Great. Um, and Cody? Uh, senior. Senior. Uh, and also? BFA in theater technology and design as well. Cool. Cool. We are, um, as a uh, faculty member here, we are just luck- so lucky to have such wonderful students um, and student designers. So 
Um, just throwing that out there that we appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you. Very much. <laughs> um, so unnecessary farce on the episode before we got a, a bit of a synopsis so if people listen to episode three and if you haven't you have to go back and get a, a little bit of a premise about what the show is about so we'll see you in, in 20 minutes if you haven't listened to the episode previously so now that you're back um <laughs> so when you guys hear the word farce and uh, in your respective designs what does that mean do you even like pre-reading the script do you go hmm I could do this, or do you do you not um, think in that way? Um, how? What is the thought process when you hear you're going to be doing a farce? Is my question. Um, I think in the realm of lighting, um, it kind of comes down to the director and their vision of what's going to happen. Because you can either have those kind of snapshot moments where you really pull out of the reality of it, um, or you can go more the direct route that we're doing, where it's you know the lights come up. And you, you have what you need and then maybe a little bit extra here and there. Um, and you really are there watching everything that's happening. And the way that it's blocked and the way that it's um, being acted out really is the, the main part of what's happening there. Um, you don't really need those screenshots because the script is so well uh, written and so well blocked in the action that takes place. Yeah. Okay. So as far as like mood, um, focus, uh, those aren't as big as concerns when you're doing the style that you're doing? Um, it's still a concern because it's part of that element that you need in your design, yeah. um, but it's definitely not the main part that you focus on. Um, you're looking more for that distribution of uh, uh, an equal wash, um, making sure that that scenery is lit very well with texture um, to also help bring out the costume design and that work that goes into it as well. Yeah. So if you have, because we've learned a lo little bit about the set on the, the episode before, since you have two rooms that are symmetrical in nature, um, do you light each one different? Because hotel rooms look the same, but one light might be on, one light might be off. Yeah, um, um, it comes down to, with the scenic design, there are some practicals that take place. What's and, a practical? Uh, practical for us is a instrument that's on stage that's a real life instrument. So we have okay. lamps on stage and wall sconces. Okay. Um, and so with those um, and how the actors are using them, it affects where uh, the light's going to be coming from in the design. And so the actors and the director and how they are um, using what's given to them will kind of be represented in how I have certain instruments um, and lights come on from my plot to show um, kind of a reflection of that. Okay, cool, cool. Um, how about you, Kenlin? I try really hard not to look at a script and look at the title and say, this is, I want to do this in this show. I really try to talk to the director before I make any, even like start to think about making decisions and try to read the script before because even if I see the character is mayor, there's so many different ways that a mayor can be seen and a mayor can be portrayed. And that was actually one of the cases in the show where John and I disagreed a little bit and he had to point me in a different direction um, as our director. And so when someone says you're doing a farce, it's great. It's going to be amazing. Um, and all of the there's a lot of costume choices you can make. Um, and I think farces really open up a lot of possibilities um, because they don't really have to be super serious or over the top. They can be a little mix of everything, which is really exciting for me. Yeah. So it's that beginning in, in truth and realism, but then taking it up a notch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. which is really cool about farce. How about you, Seth? 
Uh, this is actually my first farce. I actually didn't know what it was at first. <laughs> you are here um, to learn, sir. So uh, diving into it and uh, actually sitting through the first read-through, I was I, – I thought it was actually going to be one heck of a show, and I enjoyed just the read-through with all the cast. And then just my realization of, like, sounds are going to matter in this more than they would in, like, like a play or a musical. Like, they are actually part of the bigger picture to make the, the laughs and make everything just a little bit more funnier. More funnier? More funny. More funnier. Funny, I guess. Funnier. <laughs> Either there way it works. Um, so what about, you know, sound design is also um, what? What do you have to think about? To within sound design, uh, where the sounds are coming from, where the sounds are coming from. Do you do you have to consider music, um, or are you considering music, or is is John going to do Twenty One Pilots? <laughs> I'm considering like ringtones and things as the music. I don't think we're going to put much of an emphasis on music in the show, and I'm also not doing any microphones for anything. Yeah, probably. Okay. So uh, it's mainly just like the background sounds, the little things that you would. You'd hear in a hotel, like like a bathroom flush yeah. or a phone ringing, and and things along that line. So you guys haven't discussed um, like pre-show music, um, outro music, that type of stuff. I have not had that conversation okay. with them yet. Yeah. So um, okay, um, I'm sure that conversation will happen at some point, um, but maybe not. Maybe he he might want the, just silence when you walk in and sit down, and then boom, it starts and. Laughter, laughter, laughter. Um, I can't wait to see this show. Um, so um, this is a question for all of you, and one of you can jump in. Um, what's it like to be a student designer? Um, do What's it like to be a student designer working in academia with um, with directors that have are, are pretty accomplished, um, but they're also teachers? Um, is there... Some of you have also worked professionally, like Cody worked professionally in the summers. and um, um, So, I don't know. Tell me about it. Um, I mean, I think compared to summer work that I've done and work with companies in Warrensburg and back in Kansas City, um, the show and, and how you prepare for a show doesn't really change that much. Um, but there is the juggling of school and other stuff that I'm doing in town here um, yeah. while I'm a student. And then the fact that the director is also a faculty member and they're teaching courses means that I don't necessarily have a ton of time uh, to just sit down and talk ideas and throw stuff around. So a lot of um, preparing a show when you're doing it in that educational field comes down to just a lot of preparedness um, yeah. and a lot of organization. Because if you're not organized uh, in the educational field doing a show, you're going to fall behind really quick. Um, yeah. And it just it adds up so fast. So it's really important that once you have that outline, um, you're just on top of stuff when you're doing it. And that's in the real world, too. You got to be prepared and organized, but yeah. especially in, in the educational field. Okay. What about working with uh, working with the director? What's your what what is your actually before we go into that question? Um, why don't you two answer <laughs> the previous question and then we'll move on. It's hard. It's really hard because some days I'll be up in shop and I'll say, you know, I really need to talk to Ken, our scenic designer, about this thing. Um, But I don't know if it's my place because some days it's like these people are my teachers, but as designers, we have to work together almost as peers. And that's really hard. And that's what I had trouble with designing over the summer as well um, with the theater I was working at was it was just 
this weird balance between you're my teacher, you're my mentor, you're supposed to be above me authority-wise, to I really need you to do this thing for me or it's not going to work. And you kind of have to juggle that balance of saying, I really need this from you like now, as opposed to, you know, don't tell your professors what to do. And that's really hard. Um, But I think here it's, even if you step over the line, someone will say, hey, not yeah. right now. And it's very yeah. it's very much a learning experience, um, and it's very helpful. Yeah. Um, and as c- having Ken and Kayla as our mentors um, and having them also work right alongside us is really helpful um, because if we do make a mistake, they will help us, and they will help us figure it out. Um, but that, like, struggle of figuring out your place is something that I've had to work with a yeah. lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, it's learning communication yeah. um, and communication changes with every show you do because directors in different companies communicate in different ways and have different expectations um, it is the life of a theater artist jumping from show to show <laughs> yeah. and director to director which is why here we of course uh, everybody directs mm-hmm. um, so you, so the students can get a taste of what it's like in the real world um, not that we don't live in a real world <laughs> everybody knows what I mean um, how about you Seth Dip in your toe in the water of academic theater. Um. It's actually really scary for me, just because uh, I, I took two years off of college just to kind of work, and n- not even in the field, just to get some money saved up. So jumping back into school and is I'm at like 19 credit hours right now, so I have a lot on my plate as long as well as like jumping into sound design. So. It, it it really scares me because I don't know all the professors that well, and I don't want to seem like I'm I, I don't know what I'm doing. So I tend to go to like peers that are students is with me. Like with Cody, I have a lot of questions that he hears more than anybody else. Yeah, because he has been where I I am, and he has learned from that point. So I feel like he is a a great resource to use, as well as uh, I'm getting to know Ken a lot more, and he he is helping me along quite well as well. That's great. That's great. Um, what was my question going to be? I forgot. Um, so, oh, yeah. So um, what's your ideal um, in your experience so far, um, the way a designer, so with, especially concerning Unnecessary Farce and your work with John, like um, where did you guys meet at um, – as far as thinking about design and where did he, what, where did you come from? Where did he come from and where did that meet and what did you decide upon? Um, does that make sense? Am I making sense? Yeah. Okay. Um, like in the world, in, in realism, um, heightened realism, um, we're going this direction, this direction. Um, Sorry, I'm not quite sure how to answer that. <laughs> to think for a second. You answered it a little bit earlier when you said, yeah. uh, you know, you had an idea for the mayor, and he mm-hmm. had an idea for the mayor, and mm-hmm. then he talked to you, and then you're like, oh, okay, um, that makes sense. Um, what really happened with that was I had an idea of I wanted the mayor to be very mayoral, um, very, you know, in a suit, put together, ready to walk in the room and do this meeting. Sure. Um, and then he was like, 
I'm not thinking about that. I'm not thinking that. Uh, and John was like, go this direction. I went that direction. He was like, I didn't mean that literally. Go this direction. <laughs> um, and we finally came to something after I searched the internet for many, many, many hours trying to find something um, that I could see as a designer, but also he could see as a director. Yeah. So do you feel like in that, in that moment uh, between a director and a designer where you settled on the uh, – um, on that, like the style of what the mayor is, that that kind of can filter out into the rest of the characters as far as costume oh, yeah. design. You're like, okay, yeah. now I get where you're at. Um, yeah, so I think that happens a lot in design with with designers and directors that you yeah. play, 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 and then boom, it's like, oh, okay, okay, let, uh, now I get it. Um, and especially now we're on the same page. when you have one character and you have that character figure out and you have it down to a T, and both you and the director are like, yes, amazing you start to connect them with the relationships of the other characters. Yeah. So in my room, I have a giant whiteboard and it has a huge character map of who is connected to who and who's related to who and who does what the, with this person and how they're connected. And that really can filter out um, who these people would hang out with and how those people would dress. So would the mayor awesome. dress like the people he works with or would he dress like his wife or would he dress like these people? And it's um, trying to figure out that balance of... Like the mayor, he's super colorful. His wife's a little more muted, but the people he works with aren't necessarily as colorful. And is trying to figure all that out um, and connect it all together for it to make sense, but also show those individual personalities within those characters. Cool. Cool. Cody, Seth, anything to add in that regard? Um, not really. I mean, in the terms of lighting, when it comes to realism, you're going for... Um, more of what you would naturally find uh, in a yeah. room in a space and stuff like that. So um, you're you're not going to jump into the bright, colorful lights of a musical or something like that. Yeah. Um, so really, it just comes down to hey, you know, there's this small little shade difference in uh, yeah. in what you might have for an interior yeah. light. Which yeah. which you know, temperature do you like more? Yeah, it becomes the focus is on the action and the actors exactly. And, and, and we really want to walk in and say, and never even think about the lights. Exactly. Yeah. Good. Um, Seth, do you guys do you have any? Um, are there sound effects like the the throughout this farcical show of the boing type thing? Uh, I, um, I can't believe I just recorded myself <laughs> doing that, but uh, I didn't know how else to describe it. I um, I need to run through the script a couple more times to really define what all my sounds are. I got the basic ones like like the phone ringings sure, and, sure. and different things like that, but I haven't gotten like extremely creative with this yet. Because I haven't really had a one-on-one -on -one with John and laid out what I have to yeah. see where I can go from them. Cool. Yeah. So, um, next step in the process, huh? Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um. Okay. I know designers. This isn't usually what you want to talk about, but um, if you could, why should people come see this show? <laughs> and it can't be because of the designs. Um, Even I though the designs are a big. Reason why should people, people should come? But I, I think it's a great show. Um, you know, it's one that's fun to watch. It's not super long. Um, you know, when people think of you know theater, they either think of you know operas that are super long, or they think of kind of the Broadway expensive tickets. And this is neither an expensive ticket nor a long show, but it's a good show. Good. Um, yeah. And they should come see it for that reason. Kenlin, I have a bunch of family members who. I tell them, hey, come see this show. And they're like, no, it's too serious and too sad. And this is not one of those shows. <laughs> yeah. This is a show that will have you rolling in the aisles laughing. It is going to be great. I mean, like Cody said, it's a cheap ticket. So 
cheap entertainment. Why not? <laughs> Great. Great. Seth? Uh, my thoughts on the show were just, like, I didn't know what it was. And uh, most people probably won't know what the show is. But even just sitting through a, a first read, just a talking rehearsal, had me just dying laughing. I, I couldn't control it. And everybody else in the room just played into that and kept on pushing. And I think it's going to be a crazy show. Great. Great. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us on Conversations. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. And come laugh with us at Unnecessary Farce. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been Conversations, the podcast from UCM Theater and Dance. We want to remind you to come see Unnecessary Farce, November 13th through the 17th in the Highlander Theater on the UCM campus. Remember, you can get your tickets at our box office or calling 660-543-8811 or by going online at www.ucmo.edu slash theater tickets. This is Aaron Scully, and I want to thank you very much for listening to our podcast. See ya.